0: Yes, indeed. Welcome to the Wonderland, everybody, where dreams come true, where legends are born, where fortunes are won and lost. Where did I put my coffee? There it is. Okay, so, yes, well, anyway, that's all nonsense. But thanks for being here, and I'll do my level best to make your visit worthwhile. Although I'm not quite sure what that means. Anyway, look, one thing which is almost never worthwhile is getting really uptight about stuff that we can't change, right? And it never ceases to amaze me just how much of that stuff we have to wade through as we make our way through life. Now, there are, of course, certain things that many of us routinely call on in order to help us deal with our frustration over this or that, and one of the most common is what you might refer to as
1: bad language.
0: It's no accident that some of the most allegedly disgusting words and phrases and expressions in any language are usually those which are extremely enjoyable to say. Now they're usually words and expressions which are quite sonically percussive, loaded up with a few nice crisp consonants and which roll off the tongue really easily, especially when said loudly. Of course, these are all just words. They're nothing more than sounds. None of them is actually physically hazardous, and yet we have at some deep subconscious level chosen to give these sounds enormous gravitas and potential not only to relieve psychological stress or physical pain, let's say if you get a bit upset about something or if you hit your thumb with a hammer, but also to cause us distress, offence or non-physical injury, should they happen to be uttered by another person in a particular way or in a particular circumstance. Now, look, I know that sounds like a whole lot of gobbledygook, but I kind of get the feeling that most of you will know what I'm getting at here. And the question is, why have we given these vocal noises, and that's really all they are, so much power over us? I'm not sure there's a simple answer to the question, but it does raise a hypothetical scenario in my mind, which I would like to share with you. And given its theoretical nature, please join me now as we smash rudely but appropriately through the strangely flimsy front door of... Theory time. Yo, you can't know what you can't know. I'm going to tell you what I think I know. And I know what I know. This is what I know. Theory time. And welcome to a brand new edition of Theory Time. So I want you to consider a hypothetical situation now whereby every authority on the planet, be it political, literary, social, religious or whatever, spontaneously and unanimously declares that every single word in every language that falls into the bad language category is henceforth considered totally acceptable, inoffensive and, in effect, quite okay for a human of any age or gender to utter in any situation for any reason at all. Now, at first glance, a lot of you might think this would be, yeah, fantastic idea. And in some ways, I suppose it would be. But my theory is this. Even if it was possible and such a thing was done, it would create a huge problem. Because suddenly, we would have been robbed of one of the mechanisms with which we deal with expressing frustration. And given that swear words in every language have evolved over thousands of years, we would now have to come up with an entirely new set of words to replace all the old ones, which were suddenly no longer offensive. Well, quite seriously, folks, I cannot even imagine the panic that such an upheaval would bring. But I think we can all rest assured that such a scenario will remain a fantasy and that our subconscious eagerness to indulge in the current collection of rude words and sounds will safely continue to flourish. As a precaution, though, I'd strongly recommend that we start secretly putting together an underground dictionary of new words. An arsenal, if you will, of brand new offensive and disgusting words and phrases. Because if there's one thing that today's society cannot ever afford to put at risk... It's our ability and indeed our freedom to be offended. This is what I know.
1: Theory time. And
0: that's it for theory time. And quite frankly, you can all eh, off if you don't like it. Ah, That felt good. Anyway, look, folks, variety, as they say, is the spice of life. And if they are indeed right, then we're going to get stuck into the salt and pepper right now as we check into our next regular segment. And that, of course, is song of the day. Now today, we're returning to my own back catalogue, as it were, but not so far back because this is a track I wrote and recorded earlier this year for the Mixed Bag album. Now, Mixed Bag was kind of an interesting project for me because it was the second of two albums I released in less than a year, and the very first mixed genre album I've ever done. Up until recently, it never occurred to me to write and record instrumental music, but I've always been a bit partial to good instrumental piano stuff and I guess it was, I don't know, maybe an idea whose time finally came. Anyway, here's an excerpt from one of the five instrumental tracks on Mixed Bag. It's just me on the piano and it's called Waiting For. that's yours truly with waiting for waiting for what I really don't know I'm gonna hmm, maybe let you guys and girls figure that one out anyway if you'd like to hear the rest of that song or any of my other musical creations from the past 30 years or so you'll find them on any of the streaming services and most of them also on my website which is www.jeffhealy.com That's Jeff with a G, by the way. Now, there are certain concepts and subjects that we studiously avoid here on The Wonderland. Just to run through those again, one is toilet humour, another one is politics, and another is religion. Of course, it would be kind of difficult, if not impossible, to completely avoid these things as they're part of life, whether we like it or not. And today, I want to share with you a little thought I had yesterday, which touches on one of these areas in a way that's, well, completely ridiculous. And thus, inoffensive to anyone except someone with absolutely no sense of humour whatsoever. And that makes what you were about to hear absolutely wonderland-worthy. And of course, there's only one place to talk about this And that's Jeff's Thought of the Day. I was thinking about something, I think it was the thought of the day. I think I think it was the thought of the day. And welcome back to Thought of the Day, where we come up with idiotic ideas so you don't have to. Now, God has made some very strange and interesting choices over the years, in my opinion. And look, I'm really think there'd be very few of you out there, regardless of what your stance is on religion, who could realistically disagree with me on that one, in private at least. Of course, a phrase such as, the Lord moves in mysterious ways, is the standard go-to in religious apologetics, usually popping up to throw a somewhat flimsy tarpaulin of attempted explanation over any difficult question regarding his or her responsibility for this or that or the other thing, both positive and negative. But anyway, let's say for argument's sake that God is up there making all sorts of choices on a daily basis, affecting our lives and things in general, and that he or she really does have his or her own well-founded reasons for making those choices. Reasons which we are not in a position currently to understand, but which at a later point we will understand and go, ah, right, so that's why that happened. Okay. Anyway, look, in a rather pathetic attempt at empathy, I have decided that if I was God, you know, just for a week or so while God was on a short golfing vacation, I would also make a few strange choices. but. Given that I also move in mysterious ways, the kind of choices I'm talking about would be more in the, I don't know, humorous vein rather than, shall we say, simply vexing. And like God, I wouldn't be all that interested in doing, you know, those boring, obvious things like stomping on crooks and dishonest politicians, ending world hunger, the arms race, injustice and environmental destruction, even though I could do it if I so chose. But no. No. Because we should all know by now that that's not the way God rolls, right? Okay, so with that in mind, the first thing I would do as God would be to creatively crack down on some worn-out cliches, you know, tired everyday expressions, and one which springs enthusiastically to mind is tomorrow is another day. And so, having been appointed stand-in temporary god for the week, I'd, you know, just occasionally replace the next day with, yes, you guessed it, more night time, just to make that expression go away. Now, depending on how well that went, and I think it'd go really well, I would, of course, follow through by humorously deconstructing other really annoying clichés, such as, it is what it is, by showing the world, once and for all, that it may actually be what it isn't. That all that glitters is, in fact, gold. That what goes around doesn't come around. And finally, that there absolutely is such a thing as a free lunch. Although, of course, not necessarily the one that you ordered. You see, I believe, folks, that it is through such thoughtful, practical jokes that we could more easily identify with a supreme creator and come to terms with his or her actual existence in the face of apparently mounting evidence to the contrary. Not only that, but a few acts of God like that would prove once and for all that God has an excellent and creative sense of humour, which, in my opinion, is a great asset for any entity dealing with an image problem. And surely there can be no greater image problem than a perceived lack of existence problem. So, yep, given a week in the role of God, I believe I could really help to get things back on track. And once he or she checks out the results of my tenure upon returning from his or her vacation, I think from there you'd start to see a few positive changes made in the Acts of God department. And quite frankly, I reckon the sky would be the limit which is pretty darn convenient, really, given that that's where God lives, apparently. I think I think it was the thought of the day. Yes, and that's it for Thought of the Day and our program for this week. Now, don't forget to subscribe to or follow the show if you haven't done so already. And remember that you can always drop me a line at www.jeffhealy.com. I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, everyone. Remember to keep your fluids up, your expectations down, and just keep breathing in and out, in and out, until we meet again next Friday for another stupefying edition of The Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Gotta get back to Jim's Wonderland. Jim's.